This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, we are talking about bitter greens. It's kind of a grown-up topic, don't you think? It is. I, I feel like, well, all those kids out there who like our show. I, I don't know. Is I this... don't know. How do you feel about bitter greens, kids? I don't hear them talking. Cut this Wait, part. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, but I mean, sometimes, sometimes, like we let our inner child come out on the show. Yeah, sometimes. Um, but uh, but today, I feel I feel like you know we're we're bringing out the uh, it, it's it's spilled milk after hours. Yeah, we are eating all kinds of things that I did not like until I was an adult. Yeah, I don't think I would have necessarily balked at these things as a kid, but I don't remember them ever coming up. Yeah, I I remember thinking the words were weird, like radicchio yeah. and endive, which my father alternated between calling endive and endive. I was going to ask you about that. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you say it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I say endive. What about you? I say endive also. And there's, there's curly endive. Oh, we'll get into this oh, in a minute, geez. right? Yes. When we say bitter greens, what greens are we talking about? So uh, the things that come to mind first for me are radicchio and endive. Yep also known as endive. And for me, um, those uh, plus uh, escarole, I cook pretty often. Although it's it's funny, I don't think of escarole as being bitter. It's certainly not bitter in its raw state. Do you think it is? I think it is a little bit. I, I certainly prefer to eat it cooked, and I think that does bring out the bitterness some. I honestly, I think if you did a blind tasting of escarole and radicchio, they are. They taste almost the same. Really? I really think so. I guess we do should we, have done that. Do we that. have any around here? Or did you cook it? Yeah. All? No. No. We we still have some. Oh. So, okay. I okay. would. I would. I think we should do this. Okay. Should we pause and do it right Let's now? Let's pause and do okay. it right now. Get suited up. Okay. I'm going to get suited up. Okay. I'm okay. closing my eyes. I'm holding my hand out, and Matthew's going to put a leaf of something in it. And I'm going to try really hard not. Hug. Okay. You just hold out your hand. I'll put something in it. That's well, kind of. It's slightly bitter, but also got a real sweetness to it. Oh, I should have, I should have given you the same thing twice. This is definitely more bitter. The second one. Okay, fine. You're right. The, the second one was the radicchio. Well, the first one had bitterness, but also this really nice sweetness, and the second one to me just had straight bitterness. Okay, you're right. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah, but I mean, certainly you have to. You have They're to admit the escarole does have, have does have bitterness to it. It does. It's not like lettuce, although it looks like lettuce. Yes, um, I love working with raw escarole. Actually, I, like it's really easy to cut. You can cut it with a knife, and it doesn't bruise, unlike a lot That's of true. lettuces. Yeah. And um, anyway, it's it's one of my very favorite salad greens. We actually have it on the menu right now at Delancey with a um, a vinaigrette that's got some citrus in it and some citrus segments and uh, candied pistachios or no, excuse me, regular pistachios and feta cheese. That sounds great. It's really I, uh, good. Having having just eaten that raw escarole, um, I feel like now I sort of want some more of it. Yeah. So I see what you mean. Yeah. It's really, I, I think it's really balanced. Like, yeah. That sweetness is really pronounced and it's kind of juicy. I was just going to say juicy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So so there's the um, the the leafy kind of, of bitter greens, and then um, there's uh, there's the stalky kind, which uh, I think mainly is broccoli rabe. I'm sure there are others, but that's the one that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. And I love broccoli rabe, but I have don't think I've ever really cooked it successfully. Am I allowed to say that I think it's kind of a pain in the ass? I mean. I like the way I enjoy the way it tastes. But are you allowed to say that? You mean, <laughs> I've the, said so many worse the, things. The on broccoli this show. rob commission going to come down on you? <laughs> yes, the chamber of commerce of broccoli rob. Right. So broccoli rob in general, and correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't it need to be? If you're going to saute it, it needs to be like boiled or you know blanched a little bit first, right? I think so. Yeah, or, or the the stalk will never cook through. Yeah, it's really, really stringy. Yeah. Well, I just. That's such a pain. I feel like it's it's stringy like every time I've ever made it. And yet when I've eaten it that other people have made, like it's always great. So, Well, you know, you reminded me today of the fact that Lori Colwyn, uh, the dearly departed Lori Colwyn, uh-huh. has an essay in her book Home Cooking on bitter greens in which she uses the phrase mad keen. <laughs> I think she's the only American ever to use mad keen. Ever well, she she used to sell those um, Mad Keen on Bitter Greens T-shirts at the farmers market. <laughs> anyway, she says that um, <clears throat> the secret of broccoli rabe is not to undercook it. That undercooked broccoli di rape. Um, how did I do with that? That, is, that was that was good. Thanks. Is tough and rubbery. Slightly overcooked, it is tender and silky. Okay, mm-hmm. but but. Uh, but by definition, like if it's tender and silky, then it's not overcooked, right? That's true. Um, I, I think she just means you have to cook the crap out of it. Now, see, the thing I that that I remember about that essay by Lori Colwyn is um, that she said something about how like you should serve bitter greens to ladies. Yeah, because men don't like it, right? And I interpreted that to mean that like um, like bitter greens cause panties to go flying off. <laughs> Is that really how you took it? That, that's really the how first I, how time I took, you read well, it. Or? No, no, that's, that's how I remember it being in the. <laughs> that's what I remember her saying in the essay. Like, but maybe that's not exactly that. It was the, like an aphrodisiac said. type thing, or just that like it was a good thing to serve. Like if you're a man cooking for a woman, but I, I don't think that's what it actually says. No, what it actually says is don't serve it to men. Said an English friend of mine who is a demon cook. Is it? Men don't like bitter greens. <laughs> Wait, is a demon cook something good or bad? <laughs> I'm confused. She's like, again, I think feel like that's this real Britishism. How's she getting away with this? Okay, it seems, so uh, to go on, it seems she had had a sad experience with some fellow and an endiver chicory salad. And it was certainly true that my husband was not mad keen. Oh, that's why the mad Rob. keen comes in. Yeah. Huh. I, I love I love broccoli, Rob. What does that say about you me? You must be a woman. Okay. <laughs> 
how bitter do you like your bitter greens? Because I, I feel like um, some some people who who, eat, who like bitter greens like them sort of diluted with something else. And I, I will make the, the dish that I made today, which we'll get to in a minute. Sometimes I add some chard to it, which is not really bitter at all, um, to make a less bitter dish. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you like yours, like, frankly bitter or toned down, or does it depend on your mood? I, what are you mad keen on? I'm mad keen. I I cook like a demon. No, <laughs> well, that goes without cook. saying. Anyway, no, I am mad keen for, um, for your, qu- quite... Your eyes are glowing red. I need to turn on this dial right here. <laughs> for part... For... Uh, <laughs> I can't speak English anymore, uh, but I can speak demon. <laughs> anyway, I uh, really like quite bitter greens. Um, in fact, I never for a second would have thought what you made today was too bitter. Um, I No, I don't think so either. I, I've sometimes uh, um, served some greens that, uh, that Lori said... Uh, I, I, she never said they were like too bitter. We said, "Whoa, these are really bitter." And and I've I've almost never had that experience that it was like you know knock you over bitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I find that when in doubt, um, using something that has sort of a creamy kind of dairy thing going on, ah. like some feta cheese, for instance, um, can go a long way in softening the the blow of a bitter green. Um, or nuts sometimes help. Something oh, that sounds good. Like a little little bit of fat. Um, kind of coats the tongue a bit. Um, the the dish that I made today, I yeah, think, plays really it. nicely on on bitter flavors while taming them a little bit. I made um, one of my very favorite Molly Stevens recipes. It's from her book All About Braising, and it's braised endive with prosciutto. How many times do you think we've mentioned the book All About Braising on the show? I don't even want to think about it because we are so unoriginal. I'm pretty sure that next week we're gonna. Molly Stevens, Talk about Molly Stevens if, some if, more. If you want to come on the show, call us. Yeah, I do. Okay, so, um, so yes, you made the braised endive with prosciutto. Yeah, and you know, like any other braise, it sort of starts with, with browning the item in question. So you brown your endive in a little bit of butter, um, and then you um, you toss some um, like torn up pieces of prosciutto in the pan where there's kind of the film of, of warm butter left in the pan after you've taken the endive out. And then you drape that prosciutto over the endive in a baking dish. And uh, there's a little chicken stock involved too, and you cook it until the you bake it until the endive is nice and tender, and then you add a little bit of cream. It, it's a delicious dish. It uh, it looks like hell. It looks pretty terrible. <laughs> it looks like the product of a demon cook. <laughs> um, I think I think when I made it now, the, when you when you first made it, you you like braise it like in a baking dish, right? Yeah. And, and- and- and last night I left it all in the skillet because I was like, why am I going to get another dish dirty here? Right. So if you serve it out of a baking dish, um, then it can look sort of presentable. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't matter. I mean, it, you know, it's one of these things that, that looks like a hot mess, but tastes like a hot dish. Yes. <laughs> Not in the the Midwestern sense. <laughs> no. But, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, it is really, really nice. The cream kind of tames the bitterness of the endive, and I guess so does the, the, the flavor of the butter. Butter, and it gets really soft and silky, and then you've got that kind of salty prosciutto. It's great. It is great. Yeah, um, yeah. I was I was really glad you made that. I had not have not made that recipe in years. I'd forgotten about it, and now it's coming back. Great. It's going back on the on heavy rotation. Yeah, you know, I bet you could do the same thing with radicchio too, with wedges of radicchio. That same recipe. Yeah, I think absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
Um, something I like to do with endive. Endive is, is one of the funnier looking vegetables, isn't it? It is. And can we talk a little bit about how it grows? Because please, I know, I know it's very involved and that's why it's expensive, but I don't really remember how it's done. So school me. I was hoping you would remember. Well, it's like buried or something. <laughs> it's like buried I, or something. You don't like, I think only that little tip that sometimes gets a little green or yellow, maybe sticks up out of the ground. Oh, that's cute. But didn't the first one grow off of like a chicory root in somebody's cellar or something? I have never heard this story, oh, but I believe you. Oh, we need you. to get the Wikipedia. Uh, yeah. Okay. Should we pause and, yeah, let's and pause bust and out get, the Wikipedia? Yeah, All right. Okay. There's a lot of pausing this episode. All right. We are now certified Belgian endive <laughs> uh-huh. experts. We went to belgianendive.com. Yes. Among other places. Um, did you know that Belgian endive are deeply rooted in Belgian history? I did know that. Uh-huh. Did you know that they were s- discovered uh, in a cellar in 1830? Yes, by a man named Jan Lammers. I'm glad you remembered that because I just realized I'd forgotten his name. <laughs> yes. He, I believe, he had been off at like the Belgian War of Independence or uh-huh. something. And he came home. I feel like there should be some sort of like fairy tale music going over I feel this. like Can this happened on Downton Abbey. Yeah, I do too. Um, yeah, we can do the Carson, fairy tale music. Carson went down to the root cellar. <laughs> exactly. To yes. get some vegetables, <laughs> and for he discovered the a, a new leaf. He turned over a new leaf. He did. <laughs> he had been storing Carson had yes until Thomas stole them. He had been <laughs> storing <laughs> some um, chicory roots in the root cellar, and he was going to use them. He was going to grind them up and use them as a coffee substitute. But when he went to get the roots, he discovered that there were these kind of juicy, firm, white leave things growing out of them. Uh-huh. And he tasted it and it was delicious. And, and Mrs. that was Pat the first Moore was Belgian throw them away. Yes. Mrs. Patmore was like, what are those? T- My goodness. That was good. Good impression there. Uh, Keep it going. Daisy. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Now you can stop. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, okay. So that's, that's the history. Oh, that's um, so embarrassing. And, um, <laughs> and uh, so, so in order to, to grow like tight and white, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're called they're called tidy whities in the in the trade. <laughs> uh, the Belgian endive they they can't be exposed to light and uh, because otherwise they produce chlorophyll and they turn green and they're not white and super sweet anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the slogan of the Belgian endive association is uh, "What will you discover in your tidy whities?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, is that is that the whole story? Yeah, um, I mean, okay, I mean, close yeah. enough. Yeah. So that's why they're expensive because they're hard to grow. You have to you have to do all kinds of stuff to get them to even sprout, and then you have to keep them in the dark. And uh, they're the accidental vegetable. They're the accidental vegetable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I like to um, uh, with with my Belgian endive. Uh, I like to I like to slice it up and uh, and saute it with. Um, uh, it's this recipe, I think maybe from Biba Caggiano, the uh, the Italian uh, cookbook author. Uh, you make a pasta dish um, with a lot of sautéed endive, sautéed until it gets really like kind of meltingly tender. Put in some uh, maybe some pancetta. I'm not I'm not really remembering the recipe right off, and some cream, and uh, you know it's good. It cuts the the, the cream, softens the gr- the bitterness of the greens. The uh, bitterness of the greens cuts the fat of the cream. You got some good pasta going on in there. Uh, I know I've posted this recipe on my blog, so I will link to it. Great. Did you know I have a blog? I heard you had a blog. Yeah. 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 
Oh, oh, the dish I made. Okay, but that's not the dish that I made today. The dish that I made today uh, was um, sautéed escarole and radicchio with lemon and garlic. It could not be more simple. You chop up some escarole and radicchio. You sauté them in a mix of butter and olive oil. Uh, you uh, add some garlic when they've started to cook down. You gotta get a little bit of sear on the vegetables. Um, plenty. They they need plenty of salt. I think I feel that's true for bitter greens in general. Mm-hmm, um, that mm-hmm. they they want a lot of salt. And then uh, and then hit him with a lot of lemon juice at the end. It was um, delicious, and, totally uh, delicious. Yeah, it's like a great side dish with eh, pretty much everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I feel like we should give a quick shout out to to sort of a classic endive salad combination. Oh yes, before yes. We move please on. Do. I was just thinking of this. Um, endive is so good with mustard and apples and walnuts. Yeah, and I feel like it's kind of boring, but I feel like I have to mention it, if nothing else, as a reminder to myself. Right. If so, you if you have a bistro and you're not serving this. In the winter, you like, are a failure. The bistro cops yeah. are coming for you. Yeah, good mustardy dressing. Oh man, so tasty. What else is there to say? I mean, wow. I don't know. I feel like I feel like bitter greens are. There, there's probably like uh, some kinds that are popular in parts of the world um, that uh, we don't know about, but are good. We didn't talk about curly endive at right. all. Right? Is that curly escort? No, curly endive. Now that's not the same as frise, right? Or is right. it? It's okay. different. It's different. Um, I uh, I don't really know about it. Me neither. Okay, great. <laughs> okay. And um, that's why that's why I said at the beginning that curly things confuse me because like. Uh, uh, a recipe will call for like curly spinach or something, and I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> curly parsley, uh, like <laughs> curly turnips, yeah, uh, curly, curly carrots, curly steak. I think that's it. Okay, so we, uh, find us online at spilledmilkpodcast.com, where we'll post recipes for um, braised endive with prosciutto uh, and sauteed escarole and radicchio with lemon and garlic, and that uh, pasta dish that I couldn't really remember the details of, but I promise is good. And you can also find us on iTunes, and you can leave us a review there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash spilledmilkpodcast, where you can like us. Mm-hmm. And until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. We cannot make another tidy whitey no, 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 absolutely not. Thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes? <laughs> Molly, go. I'm Molly Weisenberg. Wait, 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 we didn't say the thing. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. Uh, If our show pops up spontaneously in your cellar, don't eat us. I'm Molly Weisenberg. And I'm Matthew Amsterburton. I like vegetables to be very tender. I like a string bean that gives. Hey, Keurig coffee drinkers. Did you know that the bold, smooth taste of Dunkin' Cold Coffee can be brewed in your Keurig coffee maker and enjoyed at home? Dunkin's Cold K-Cup pods were crafted to be brewed hot and enjoyed cold. And of course, they're packed with the Dunkin' flavor you crave. Brew over ice and sip in seconds. Because the home with Dunkin' is where you want to be.